and welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, and it's Absolution, baby! That's right, it is the one and only day of AIW's Absolution. It is January 21st, 2017. Tonight at 7.30, we will have AIW's Absolution 12. And you've already heard the preview. That was released earlier this week. But I want to take some time. And like, like, like I, I had mentioned, and it's weird how it's it was all done. Like, we recorded that episode uh, a week ago, uh, last Thursday night. And then this interview that you're about to hear with the one and only Gregory Iron. It was recorded on Saturday, and then obviously the podcast of the preview got posted earlier this week, Sunday night, Monday morning, and now we have this Thursday night, Friday morning. So yeah, that is what we have going on with that. So need a little bit of an intro, because uh, it is, you know, 24 hours away from AIW's Absolution. Oh, and uh, I, I, don't, I don't like when other podcasts do this, but I guess I'm guilty of it too, but hey, I'm I'm your host, I am Heavy Set, and it I'm riding solo this week. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, email us wrestlingcheers at gmail.com. You can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash wrestlingcheers, and follow us on Twitter where all the results are going to be at, at wrestlingcheers. And it's a, uh, it's a couple things to go over before we go any further. AIW, in the span of just a couple days, has released a couple shows that are coming up. I mean, we did mention the one show, which will be at the former Tequila Jacks. Enter the 36 Chambers, which will be August 18th, 7.30 bell time, at Music Links, like I said, formerly Tequila Jacks, and also announced this week we have another big show coming up, Russell Rager 2 Electric Boogaloo, which will be August 26th, 2017, at a 5 o'clock bell time, also at Now That's Class. It is going to be a outdoor show, far as I've been told, where there will be no seats standing room only. Only 200 tickets will be sold. And I believe that is going to be before the McGregor-Mayweather fight, so be on the lookout for that and also want to mention a particular show and it's 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 kind of goes it's going to go into this interview uh i recorded this interview with gregory iron right before a recent premier championship wrestling show i was given the date or in advance that and when i was told by greg it was going to be on sunday so i made plans for saturday well I later found out while looking at the flyer that, oh, it's actually going to be on Saturday. So that screwed up a lot of my plans. I just did came in, did the interview really quick, and turned around and went back, which kind of sucks. It's, you know, probably hour and a half to two hour drive back and forth, and I only got a, about a half hour interview. But it's, it's my first live one-on-one interview, and I'm so glad to uh, let everybody hear this. So a big, I want to give a big thank you and shout out to everyone at Premier Championship Wrestling and a big, big thank you to Joe Dombrowski. Um, I'm have made the commitment, the honor of since I was given that opportunity, I will be going to their next show. Caden is a regular there. Uh, their next show is Saturday, August 12th. 
doors open at 6 o'clock, bell time at 7. And uh, they've redone Turner's Hall, and um, it's going to be nice to go back there and watch, and finally watch a show, and finally watch some PCW, and we'll hopefully have a little bit more on that later. And let's hear from my first live one-on-one interview. Make that first live one-on-one face-to-face interview. Yeah, same thing. Whatever. Let's, uh, let's go to the interview, okay? And we're back on the podcast, Wrestling Cheers, and my first live one-on-one in-person face-to-face interview is none other than one of my dear favorites, Mr. Gregory Iron. How are you, Gregory? I'm okay. How are you? Gregory Irons. No, that's singular, not plural. Come on, man. And people still get that wrong, don't they? I think it just irons slides off the tongue a little easier, and I think people think of like Jeremy Irons, and I guess Irons is probably a more common last name, but uh, f that man, it's iron all day. <laughs> I don't, I, I still don't understand that because like as long I've been a fan of yours for going six years. Yeah, I think I probably added you on Facebook because right after everything happened with Punk, so that's like six years ago. Yeah, geez, uh, that long, twenty eleven. <laughs> it's crazy. I know, man, but and like I remember, people back then were being like, "Oh, Gregor Irons," and like there's people today that still say Irons. And still I'm do like, it. Someone recently who was wrestling me on a show, uh, I don't know, some kid, I don't know who he was, he tagged me in a post, and you know, it said, you know, I'm going to beat up Gregory Irons or whatever it was, and then someone commented, uh, "That's not, that's not his name," and then the wrestler replied back, uh, "That's how he has his name listed on Facebook," and I saw it, and I was like. No, it's not. <laughs> Commenting with my name, Gregory Iron, sitting clear above it. So it's just like, ah, what happened to my life? <laughs> anyway, uh, how's things been going with you, man? Like, you've got a great, like, just as long as I've known you, just a lot of great shit for you. And yeah. uh, recently going kind of viral. Not necessarily viral, but uh, I don't know if you want to talk about it. Because we didn't really go over, like, what we will and won't talk about. Uh, no, I mean, nothing's really off limits with me. Uh I mean, I'm good. I'm staying busy. Um, I think social media really helps keep me relevant because um, while I do wrestle a lot of good places, I don't right now. I'm not really in any of the big places like Jakarta or Ring of Honor or any of that stuff. So I feel like uh, my constant posts on social media are pretty entertaining, mm-hmm. and they keep me getting book it, bookings and staying out there. And uh, I just finished wrapping up doing acting and wrestling and stunt coordination and stunt work for a movie called Powerbomb that's coming out beginning of 2018 and you know doing great things as a bad guy places <laughs> doing greater things with zach gowan as the handicapped heroes and been visiting schools and just you know the motivational speaking thing is awesome mm-hmm. with zach and you know i'm just i'm just trying to stay busy and i am there's mm-hmm. really no downtime for me man <laughs> i know like recently you actually just came back from colorado i did yeah my first time in colorado and it was like uh you know uh, the, the promoter nick who runs lucha libre and laughs he's been trying to booked me for a while and it just mm-hmm. didn't pan out and you know it just happened to happen the weekend of my 11th year as a wrestler and with zach and i don't know it's just it's weird how all that stuff kind of lines up storybook style like you know zach wrestled vince mcmahon in colorado when he was in wwe mm-hmm. and it was when i watched that match that i saw some guy in the crowd with a sign with a handicap sign on it and yeah. i remember thinking you know i'd already been kind of inspired by zach seeing his first match against big show and I remember thinking when I saw that sign, like, man, you know, if I was ever a wrestler, I think I'd put a handicap sign on my gear. And that always kind of stuck st- stuck with me. Like, even even when I didn't know really anything and I got into the business, like, I always kind of knew that I was going to put that handicap logo on my gear. And it's just weird how 
life works out 11 years you know, uh, in the business and I'm with the guy that inspired me to be a wrestler and we're both wearing handicap symbols yeah. on our gear because of me and we're in Colorado and, uh, I don't know, life has its up and ups and downs, but like, uh, stuff like that is, is really cool and means a lot to me. And it's, it's also weird, like, because you play such a great, good guy. I mean, when I first met you and that, when everything happened with punk and everything, like that's like, it was Greg Ryan, the handicapped hero, cerebral palsy, sure. inspiring story. And, and it still is. But then after a while, all of a sudden, the Iron Curtain came up. Uh-huh. You, you flipped the script on a lot of people. And I think you, at one point you had told me there were more people wanting you, wanted the Iron Curtain, than they wanted the Handicap Hero style Greg Ryan, like like you see with, with Zach Allen. Sure. And I, I feel like that's still the case. I mean, I don't, I don't know how I did it. I guess it's the uh, inner teenage angst that I've always held within from being bullied and disrespected by people. Um, I don't know. I just... In time, I, I ended up making a, a, a great bad guy, and I, I would say that I'm arguably a better bad guy than, than I am a good guy, and I never in a million years thought <laughs> I'd say that. I'm sure guys who met me when I started in the business never thought that, you know, you can't take a handicapped guy and make him a bad guy. You can't make him one of the top bad guys for sure, and, you know, it's crazy to think about that um, as of May, I've been consistently portraying a bad guy since – uh, 2012, yeah, you know, so it's like, so what, five years? I mean, that's, years. it's crazy. Like I've been in AIW longer as a bad guy at this point than I have as a good guy, which is nuts to think about. Like I started in AIW the end of 2007. Wow. So, uh, and I, and, and I, I, I got to thank AIW for the opportunity to, to give me that platform and let me be a bad guy. I mean, there wasn't really any idea for it. Other than, you know, a section of the crowd had started booing me. And so mm-hmm. they said, you know, the original plans were they wanted me to lose over and over and over again to Josh Prohibition and then finally get a big win. That was the that was the idea, kind of like uh, Raven and Tommy Dreamer. Mm-hmm. But the crowd started turning at me. So they just said, we're going to make you a bad guy. And I said, well, what's the what's the story behind it? What do you what do you want to do? And how is this going to go? Oh, we don't know. So, all right. Well, now it's mine to figure out and luckily i had i had had ideas in my back pocket and the big idea was um the four count which mm-hmm. uh i don't know if people that don't know about the four count the four count was a deal where i ended up getting veda scott as my lawyer which worked out nice having a girl as a lawyer an attractive girl because that gives you more heat mm-hmm. and she helped me get instated a rule in which in order to beat me because i'm handicapped you have to pin me for a count of four. So the idea was one second changes everything. So you take the idea that like, you know, uh, a guy hits his finishing move, typically one, two, three, it's over. But this time the guy hits the big move, one, two, three, out of instinct, the crowd pops and they have been informed beforehand. The match is under four count rules. Yeah. So they pop out of instinct at three and then the four goes down and before it hits, I kick out. Yeah. And the crowd has this moment. They're like, wait a second. And then the booze come because it sinks in. Oh, this, this handicapped son of a bitch. Yeah. And then, then the F of the four count chance start. And, uh, it was a big heat seeker. And, and, I, you know, uh, AIW gave me the platform, but I'm lucky that I had, you know, through my experience and, and my studying and just being a student in the game, like I had, a, I kind of had a game plan if I had to ever go down that route. Now, mm-hmm. figuring out how to wrestle as a handicapped guy and be a bad guy. That was a little bit more difficult, but as far as promoing and, and getting heat right off the bat, I kind of had you know my I had an idea of where I was going to go with it. And we're we're here at Turner's Hall. We are where a lot of that happened. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'll never forget the, the the initial turn that was during Jaylet. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you had just lost. I don't remember exactly to who. Uh, it was to uh, Ophidian. Okay. And the original idea was they wanted us to go out and do like 15 minutes. And I, and I knew that I was going to, I was turning. So I, I walked up to Ophidian and I said, 
hey, man, we're not going 15 minutes. Like, I need a reason to turn bad because there was never, like, every month up to that, like, I hadn't shown any aggression or anything, and, mm-hmm. and I just kind of ignored the booze. And that night was when they wanted me to do the turn. So I thought, I, I have to have a reason. Um, so I told Fidian, like, just in the middle of the heat, like, just pin me. And we'll go like five minutes because then they'll give me like five minutes to do a promo. Yeah. And uh, I came out real aggressive. I started out real aggressive and, you know, the pin happened out of nowhere. And uh, luckily, I, you know, that promo, I felt like that was one of my strongest promos at that time. And I still to this day feel like it's one of my strongest promo because there's a lot of a lot of realism based in that promo. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know, like I just felt like. I don't know. I was I was on that night, and I was really worried about it. And I was I was I was worried about like ugh, I kept trying to bullet point it in my head, and there was things I was adding and subtracting that I wanted to incorporate in that promo. And um, I don't know. I don't think I'd really change it, man. I think that promo was perfect, and it really, um, you know, we were off to the races once that promo went down. And bad guy Gregory Iron, he he had arrived. <laughs> I mean, that was a really big turning point, like for your career. It seemed like with because ever since at least in AIW, you've evolved. Sure. The the four count thing uh, obviously went into hope and change, hope and change, went into the Iron Curtain. Yep. Iron Curtain disbanded and you were the intense champion for a while, uh-huh. which <laughs> fantastic uh, yeah. photos at that time. Yep. That was uh, awesome. And then that slowly led into No Strings Attached, where we are now. And then I don't feel like there's been a dead spot for you, at least in AIW on that whole thing. And then there's other places I know elsewhere that all of a sudden Iron Curtain started catching on and you you had like how many different branches? At least three or four or five. Uh, I mean, like for me, what it comes down to is like, I don't know. I always feel like I always get myself into a situation at AIW and, and there's other places in general. Obviously, AIW is where I have a lot of my notoriety and I get a lot of my opportunities as a bad guy. I always feel like I get into a position where there's nothing really for me. And, but they give me kind of an idea mm-hmm. and sometimes it might not be the best idea, but I, I pride myself on being the best that I can be with what I'm given. Like, I, I don't like to be one of those guys that just bitches and complains and says, well, that's a stupid idea. You know, it, it's work. And, um, if you're going to give me work, I'm going to make it good work. And I'm, and even if you have no plans for me, I'm going to make it the en- most entertaining thing on the show mm-hmm. and you're going to have to make plans for him because I'm going to get over. And I'd like to think that, you know, that's what I did with the heel turn initially. That's what I did with Veda. There were never plans for us to be the tag team champions, but you know, when they started, had us do promos, you know, my mindset was uh, there was no direction. We were just put together and now I have this fork out. Like, so, so wh- why, why am I a bad guy? Why am I, why, why do I have all this aggression? So my mindset is, well, I'm a wrestler. Mm-hmm. I've never really gotten any title shots in AIW. Why don't I just bitch about how I want to be the absolute intense champion? Like, I mean, so that's what I did in all the promos. And because I kept whining and crying about it, and then Veda started whining about wanting to be women's champion, they kind of met us halfway, and we got that tag title shot. That was never something yeah. that was planned out. Like, we're going to put Veda, Scott, and Greg Ryan together to be tag team champions. It just kind of evolved that way because we were getting over. And then once we disbanded, you know, there was no plans for a big match with me and Veda. Uh, just the idea was we we're going to break up. I'm supposed to be kind of a sort of a creep. But there's like really no direction where it's going to go. So I remember thinking to myself, like, well, how do I get this over? How do I make everyone understand like what I'm doing? What's the creepiest thing that I could do? Like if I were a weird, creepy wrestling fan and I wanted to make things right with this girl that has broken up with me or this this girl wrestler that I have a crush on, what would I do? What is the creepiest thing and most relevant thing that I could do? And that's where I came up with the idea with bit strips because bit strips were super annoying. Oh, yes. I'm, anno- I'm annoyed by bit strips. And I, I noticed that... 
people would block bit strips on Facebook because they were so annoyed by it. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought to myself, like, man, if that's that, if people think it's that stupid, like, I think it's that's the most relevant, creepy thing that I could do, and I and also most entertaining to just mm-hmm. post bit strips all the time towards Veda to try to win her over. I mean, like, I create a bit strip emoji thing of her, and I create one of myself, and I'm putting us all in all these scenarios where we're going to the park or we're mm-hmm. making snow angels, and you know how much I miss her, and give me a call back, and it's very like delusional. Uh, it's clear that she wants nothing to do with me, yet yeah. somehow I think this is going to win her over. There was never plans to make bit strips. Like, it's just something I came up with, and I'd like to think because of the creepiness that I portrayed on social media that gave AIW no choice but to give us like a big angle and then that big blow off in the steel cage like that Mm -hmm. was never the idea the blow off was supposed to go down in absolution that year and the next month was battle of the sexes so me and Vader were like why are you going to end this at absolution I mean if you're having a, a guy versus girl show next month why not have your biggest guy girl angle culminate mm-hmm. on that show? So it's like, uh, you know, situations like that, the Iron Curtain uh, with fans in the crowd wanting to jump the rail and stuff like uh, <laughs> and even the thing with Alex when they yeah. gave me the thing with Alex Daniels where it's like you're going to be in this weird, creepy, sexual, induendo stable thing and i'm just like okay whatever so um what can i do to entertain myself maybe to entertain anyone else so i just started wearing short shorts and started wearing less and less and less yeah like and (laughs) and and i i don't know like i feel like i'm getting a lot of cheers now through the short shorts which who would have ever guessed that you know i mean like my tights are obviously shorter than my short shorts i mean they're, they're tights but uh the short shorts are getting me over and people walk up to me before the shows now and they're like what are you gonna wear tonight I need to know what are you wearing next show, and it's just like I don't tell them. People look forward to it, you know. So yeah. like, I mean, the long, uh, the short version of the rambling is, you know, you give me something, you give me something that might be perceived as chicken shit. I want to make chicken salad. Like mm-hmm. that's what I do. Like I, I pride myself on putting myself in a position where, you know, you have to react to me. You have to give me an opportunity, and I think that goes back to just being a guy with cerebral palsy and a guy that wants to just be the very best despite my limitations at mm-hmm. what I do. And then kind of a nice uh, transition. What a year that like you and Alex Daniels have had. Like I've I've often said this and I've, I don't know if I've ever said it publicly, but I swear I have like when Alex Daniels first came into AIW, him and Singh, I felt like Singh was the guy that had the charisma, but obviously Daniels had the, had the wrestling ability, but like it kind of felt like Singh was going to be the the better off. Sure. Side, whatever thing that, that Singh's gone through of not really wrestling as much. Alex, in the past year, in my opinion, has been killing it. Yeah. And it almost makes sense of why he was in a main event of Absolution a couple of years ago and, you know, holding on to the, the intense title for as long as he has. Sure. This is definitely one of those guys that is on his way up, and uh, there's still so much more to go with him. He was also a guy that it took him a while to find, I think, what was him. Like, I never, I never could feel like, okay, like, I know exactly what you're doing. I can connect to it. Yeah. And the Ben Affleck thing just... It was almost similar to you, like when you find something that, and you can run with it. Like I feel like that was his thing, and he's he's been running with it ever since, and I love it. Yeah, and you, and you know what? I I I think Alex Daniels is one of the best young talents in the world. And sometimes mm-hmm. Zach or Zach Alex struggles <laughs> to uh, Alex struggles with that idea. Like I I don't I don't think he can come to terms with the fact you know that um, he's so young and he's so good. You, mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like um, he gets frustrated sometimes because he feels like. Uh, 
things should be happening faster. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's only 22 years old, you know, like, uh, Jesus. and when I was 22 yeah, like, yeah, I wanted to be this place and that place or signed to a contract. But looking back now at 30, man, I wasn't ready. And I keep telling mm-hmm. Alex, you know, um, be patient because you're doing yeah. great stuff now. And, uh, in time, you know, you're going to look back at 21 and 22 and you're going to think, boy, how did I ever think I was ready at that point? You know? And yeah. I, I think, I think Alex, every single time he goes to the rink, he finds a little bit more of himself. Cause even though he's got the Ben Affleck thing, I don't think we've seen the full potential of Alex Daniels. You know, again, he's only been wrestling three years. I mean, he's still trying to figure out who he is, mm-hmm. uh, not just as a wrestler, but in life, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, who knew who they were at 22 years old, you know, it yeah. takes time and experience and, and mistakes to, to figure out who you are as a human and, and in this business as a performer and, uh, you know, I was put with Alex not only to kind of uh, mentor him on screen, but I feel like, you know, I, I, I try to go out of my way to do it off screen because, you know, um, he was trained by Johnny Gargano, you know, yeah. and uh, I often say that sometimes he's so angsty like a young Greg Iron and he's but he's so talented like Johnny Gargano. And it's like he's like the if, if me and Johnny were to have a child, <laughs> it would be Alex Daniels. You know what I mean? Uh, so I just. Um, I've, I've known him since he was like 16, right? Even before he got in the business, I, I met him uh, one time in North Olmstead, ran into him in a vitamin shop. And I remember, I, I don't know why I remember him, but I remember this young kid walking up to me, he was buying protein and he recognized me and he took a picture with me. And uh, I found out he was backyard wrestling with my brother and uh, just, I've, I've taken a liking to him for a long time and mm-hmm. I know he's going to get something really special one day. Uh, he's just got to be patient, but he's a great kid and uh, he deserves all the opportunities he's getting right now. I really, I couldn't put it any better myself. I'm in the, cause this, this will come out before, hopefully come out before absolution, which this coming Friday and yep. uh, you'll be in his corner uh, putting up when he's putting up the intense title against Joey Janela. Yeah. Joey talk about a guy who, you know, the past couple of years has been on fire. That's yeah. Joey Janela. And, um, you know, at first look, you might see Joey and you might think to yourself like, is this guy even a pro wrestler? You know what I mm-hmm. mean? But, uh, Cause he doesn't exactly have the build. He's, not much taller than me. Uh, the guy's out there, but he's taking that yeah. out there personality and he's managed to get himself over um, as one of the top guys in independent wrestling. And um, Friday night, you know, um, Joey and Alex, I think they, their styles clash a little bit, but I think that clash of styles kind of makes makes the match even more intriguing. And the, the confrontations that they've had already have been um, very memorable, I thought. I think Joey helps bring the best out of Alex. So uh, Friday night, I'm really looking forward to uh, what the next chapter of Joey and Alex has in, has in store. Um, uh, the podcast that we, had, it's currently recorded, hasn't been posted, but it'll be posted after this and before this episode airs. Mm-hmm. We uh, talked about who we think is going to win. I think I had, I, I have Alex Daniels winning. Yeah. And obviously, let's suck up because you're in front of me right now, but if there's, if there's yeah. evidence out there that I said that. Yeah. I don't see a reason why like Alex Daniels couldn't hold that title for two years. I don't see why not either, especially if he's got Greg Iron in his corner. Exactly. I always got his back. <laughs> um, we only decided to do about a half hour, running about 10 more minutes. But uh, other things that I want to interview you about, because like we, we grew up in the same era. Yeah. Like we're, I think we're only about six months apart in age. Yeah. And we grew up some of the same things. You're wearing an appropriate shirt, which we will lead into right now. Mm-hmm. He's wearing a shirt that says, we came, we saw, we kicked its ass, and That's it right. has the uh, ghost trap on it from Ghostbusters. We are both huge Ghost heads. Big time. I love Ghostbusters, Which man. Is- Ghostbusters, Power Rangers, Ninja Turtles. That's what I grew up on, man. And wrestling. And wrestling. Same thing. Yeah, can't can't like, legitimately wrestling. same thing. Yeah. Uh, 
Ghostbusters. Actually, this is the, uh, as we're recording, one-year anniversary of the reboot, the all-female version, oh, whatever boy. people want to say. That was one year ago. You know, do we really even have to mention that? I mean, like, look, I, I was very optimistic going into that. Like, like everyone else was trashing it. Mm-hmm. I had... Uh, I had decent expectations for it, and then, you know, it came out, and uh, out of all the movies I've ever seen, that was one of them. That's all I can really say about that film. I say it was average. Like, I, I don't want to be like, this. it's the greatest movie ever, because, in my opinion, the first one's the best one, and for you... Oh, well, Ghostbusters 2 is, you know, I think it's really great. Yeah. I, I don't understand the, the disrespect that Ghostbusters 2 gets. I think it's, uh, and I've heard a lot of people say, and i got to agree with it, It's it was kind of a rehashing of the first one, so it's kind of like the first one was really good, yeah. and then they try to remake it, and it's just like, yeah, but the first one... Sure. Did it better. Well, on the bright side, though, you know, uh, 2016 Ghostbusters officially became the worst Ghostbusters film ever made. So we can't, you can't cite Ghostbusters two anymore. Uh, that's that's true. Like I, I just I just consider it average. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, one of those like greatest movie ever. I'm like, it's not the worst movie ever. But, and there was, and that's my problem because it was so middle of the road. Like I was mad in the theater because I couldn't actually get mad because it was so horrible. It was just so blah. Like there was so much potential. Um, to create characters with heart, mm-hmm. different characters with heart that bonded over a common cause. And I think that's what brought, you know, the original Ghostbusters together. Like everyone was different and it felt like just not just the Ghostbusters, but every character in that movie was written in the same tone. You know what I mean? Like there was no mm-hmm. contrast. Like it, I think that's what hurt it, man. It was like just the idea that just like it felt thrown together and just like no heart behind anything. I don't know. The highlights of in my opinion of that movie were, uh, Kate McKinnon and Leslie Jones together. Yeah, I agree. Like, they had like a really good back and forth that it was, they were two opposite type of characters. For sure. And when they came together, it was just kind of like, you're weird. Yeah. I think like Leslie Jones would be towards, and that's one thing I really loved. And I don't know, you probably didn't see it in 3D, did you? I did not. Three Best 3D movie I have ever seen. That's crazy. Because what they did was, and I've, no one has done it since then, and this makes so much sense. They have the regular like letterbox type of format for yep. the for the movie but then there were two black bars that you couldn't see mm-hmm. but whenever they would like shoot a stream or they wanted something 3d effect at you yeah that's when that effect would bleed into the top oh, so wow. the 3d actually like if they they had a nice shot with them firing the proton packs yeah because of that area where you doesn't look like there's anything there but all of a sudden the the proton beam goes into it yeah. like it looks like it's popping out at you a little bit more it's like oh wow but and no one no one's done it since as far as i know and that's awesome legit one of the best things that i was actually upset it did so bad yeah because there were so many rumors of a sequel yeah and there was the after credit scene which i love because uh. i was like oh are we going to get into this thing where we're going to take the original movie but have the gatekeeper and keymaster like separate. Sure. And yeah. then they come together and like a, this a big movie for for Gozer. Oh yeah. And I think there was an all oh, there's a male one that they were talking about doing. Yeah. And that was my big key. It's like, okay, can we stomach through this one? Because this one over here looks really, really good. Right. And in the end, it'll be worth it. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I, I, it's just uh man, you know what was better than the the Ghostbusters movie? I thought uh the Power Rangers movie was uh pretty good. Not, yeah. not the best, but I thought it was pretty good. Uh, uh, spoiler, but during the movie, when Billy dies for a second, <laughs> I almost cried. I almost cried. And I never thought Billy would be my favorite Power Ranger based on the TV show. Yeah. But in the movie, oh, man, he is the best. Did you see it? Oh, yeah. I've seen it. Oh, my God. I, I, Power Rangers 2017, better than Ghostbusters 2016 by a lot. 
It's it, fu- it's it, funny because even that's not as as probably just listening to a thing that was saying that like that's it's like it, it was profitable, yeah, but not where it needed to be and, for and, a sequel. And that's what pissed me off because I because they did the tease at the end for for you know the next movie with maybe a Tommy appearance and and uh, <sighs> yeah, man, if I don't get a sequel to that one, I'm gonna be kind of disappointed. Ghostbusters, you know, I could I could do without it, seeing as unless they go a completely different direction, like you were saying, do the all male one. I'm okay with that, mm-hmm. but I really don't want to see a sequel to the female one. Feminists, don't tweet me or anything, please. <laughs> I'm, it's nothing against chicks. Like I said, I went into it with an open mind. God. The biggest plus of Ghostbusters coming back out, though, or doing that whole movie, mm-hmm. Ecto Cooler. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a good time period in my life. And and I don't know if you know this, but because of your Ecto Cooler, it led to me doing a great promo with Brian Cage in Chicago. Did you, did you see that promo? No. The one where he, he kicks the crap out of me? You didn't see that one? No, I don't think I did. Okay. Your Ecto Cooler, uh, I drank most of it, but I had left a couple boxes in the trunk of my car. So it was last November. Mm-hmm. I was working a thing with Brian Cage. It was like an impromptu thing. I showed up to AAW. Uh, Danny Daniels, the promoter, told me I was working with Brian Cage. So I was like, oh, God, he's, he's going to murder me. Yeah, I never really talked to Brian in my life, um, which makes the story even more ridiculous. So I'm supposed to come out and just promo Brian Cage and pretend that I'm in this um, memorial tournament that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just to come out and cut a promo and then get beat up by Brian. So I thought, like, what am I going to say in this promo? And I'm really hated in AAW. Believe it or not, more hated than I am at AIW. I mean, when I go to talk, they boo to where I can't even speak. Where it gets to the point where I have to be like, guys, seriously, you have to let me cut this promo so yeah. I can generate the heat and keep it. Um so I walk up to Brian, who I've never talked to, and I'm thinking, like, what do I, what do I say in this promo? Like, uh, he's big, he's jacked, you know, maybe probably on steroids. I'm sure he gets accused of it all the time. Steroids, anabolic, juice, juice, juice. And then I start thinking, oh, shit, I have that ecto cooler in my car. Mm-hmm. So I walked up to Brian, who, again, I've talked to one time before that. And I said, Brian, I have an idea. If you're not cool with it, let me know. Uh and uh, so I, I, he's cool with it. I go to the car. I get the uh, ecto cooler, and I uncharacteristically come to the ring to interrupt him, sipping on the ecto cooler. Mm-hmm. I'm cutting this promo, and I'm talking trash to him. And I, I say to him, you know, just lay down for me. Let me advance in this tournament. Give you a night off. Blah blah blah. Uh, and as I'm sipping on the juice, I say, Oh, you look a little angry. You must be jealous that I have a juice box and you don't. My bad. How careless of me. It's just. You know, I was taking a look at you in the back and I thought to myself, well, this guy has enough juice in him to last him a lifetime. And I have this little smug look on my face and the crowd goes crazy for it because it's like it's what everyone's thinking, but nobody wants to say it. Yeah. And I say it and I take the sip on the juice box. And I turn away and I turn back and he, boom, hits me with a roaring elbow and then picks me up and just the most powerful, scary power bombs I've ever taken in my life. Mm-hmm. Two or three in a row, and then he hits me with an F five. That like you can just you can just feel the power on this guy. Like I mean, yeah. if you've never seen Brian Cage, look him up because he's freaking jacked and uh, just the most powerful human being that's ever threw me around. And uh, he hit me with an F five, and that was it. And I remember in the back, he told me uh, <laughs> after the F five, I'm probably gonna hit you with a Steiner screwdriver too. And like I was like, oh, okay, and then. But in my head, I'm like, oh, God, I don't want to take that move. I was, like, so scared. And then right before we went out, he was like, I'll feel out the Steiner screwdriver. Like, if it's if it's too much, I won't do it. So I made sure I sold, like, a motherfucker. So, like, once mm-hmm. he hit that F5, I played dead. So I was like, please don't pick me up with the Steiner <laughs> screwdriver. And thank God he didn't. I just laid there, and I got rolled off. And uh, it was a great angle. But that that's all thanks to your Ecto Cooler. Had I not had that Ecto Cooler... That promo may have never happened. So thank you, Justin. You're you're very, very welcome. <laughs> I remember actually that event. 
uh, whenever I gave out the Ecto Cooler. Yeah. Because uh, for those who don't know, like there was, there, I mean, when Ecto Cooler was hot, I was the guy. Yeah. Because actually, every pe- people that I would know would be like, where can I get Ecto Cooler? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm getting it off Amazon Prime. Yeah. And then like the juice boxes, I would, I'd see multiple places at a friend that worked at Mark's and she was like, we got them now. Yeah. So if you want the juice boxes, come here. Right. And, uh, and I think I ran them in with Acme at one point, mm-hmm. but it came to a point like a lot of people I know was always like, I want some. And I think you were one of them. Yeah. Uh, Glenn Moore was another one, a facade. Yeah. Huge Ecto Cooler guy. Uh-huh. And like, I, I just came in with like a six pack and a juice pack mm-hmm. full and I'm just here. Yeah, and, uh, yeah awesome. that was uh, that was one of my favorite points of everything with uh, the Ghostbusters. Oh yeah, that was. I mean, that was the best part, the Ecto Cooler for sure. There, there, for me, there's a lot of nostalgia. Oh yeah, like because we were young, we were yeah. so young. Mm-hmm. I mean, we weren't even born during the first one. Uh, yep. And I mean, I, I don't know about you. I used to watch that movie, the VHS, like all the time. Like, I always feel like, and I've heard this from other people. People, uh, they have that movie that they watch as a kid, yeah. and their parents hide it. Yeah. That was Ghostbusters. Yeah. Oh, I agree 100%. That and uh, the original Ninja Turtle movies, like one mm-hmm. and two. Uh, three, I think I kind of liked as a kid, but I mean, it's it's a horrible movie. Yeah. I saw that one in the theater. That's the only one I saw in the theater was three, and it was, you know, I enjoyed it at the time, but it was terrible. But well, I I mean, you're, you're talking to the guy that also saw Mr. Nanny in the theater and thoroughly <laughs> enjoyed that. So, I mean, you know, what am I talking about? I mean, as a kid, like... I think my whole thing was not that it sucked, but it was just like one and two has Shredder mm-hmm. and like all the things that I'm used to for the turtles. And yeah. here's your, you're now doing time travel and yeah. ancient, like it just felt like even as a kid, it felt out of place. Yeah. They tried to go a weird direction with it. Now, have you seen the new turtle movies? I have. I don't, I don't have a problem with them. I thought um, one was okay. But I think it was because I kept my standards really low, and I thought oh. two was better. Uh, I didn't like how they did Casey Jones. Uh, yes. But um, other than that, I had no problem with the movies. I, I actually thought the character that they made better in that movie was Vern. Because Vern in the in the cartoon was just kind of, I'm Vern. You know, he's just yeah. some weird guy. But, like, they made Vern, like, really funny in the movie. and, and uh, I was happy that they even just gave Vern something. Yeah, Because, sure. like, when they, that was the, the first movie and they first introduced him. And I was like, oh, like, oh, are, are we right around the door from, like, Irma and uh, all this kind of stuff? Uh, I, I wish mean, we would have had an Irma. That would have been great. I want them to do a third one because I feel like they ended the second one. Because everybody always bitched. About the Ninja, they need to give us this in the Ninja Turtles movie. Mm-hmm. We need, we need Bebop, Rocksteady. We need Krang. We need the Technodrome. Yep. We need, uh, we need Casey Jones again, and they gave it to us. I mean, I agree with you. My biggest gripe was Casey Jones for sure. Because at first I was just like, I don't see Stephen Amell as Casey Jones. Then I seen the movie and I said, okay, Stephen Amell played that character really well. Yeah, but they wrote him the wrong. Like he, they, they wrote basically they wrote him like a bitch. For sure. Because when he first sees the turtles, he's like, oh, my God, what are those? Like, Casey Jones would be like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. let's fight. Like, yep. I don't I'm guess I don't know if I say I don't like you, but it's just like, that's the type of character Casey Jones was. He was a New Yorker. Yep. And I felt like there's Casey. Like, they were, I think they were just trying to squeeze Stephen Mellon. But other than that, like, Bebop and Rocksteady. They're great. Absolutely killed it. They're great. Isn't it crazy to think that it took 20 years to get Bebop, Rocksteady, and Krang in a Ninja Turtle movie? I'm also so-so on Krang. But I think it's just because we've had one version of Krang. For sure. And it's that yeah. type thing. And uh-huh. then they get us doing it. And it's, uh, I think, what was it Brad Garrett, I believe? I think so, yeah. And, and so he was doing his kind of normal voice. And uh-huh. it's kind of like, man, I love you, but I think I'm just so used to that Krang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really hard for me to be like, this is good. But the thing I do love, too, they kind of left it open. Like To me, it was a 90-minute long or however long it was cartoon. Yeah. Because in the end, nobody gets beat. No one go yep. like we have uh, Casey Jones obviously is still available. You have 
Shredder and Krang still be able to come out of Dimension X. Mm-hmm. You have Baxter Stockman, who could still turn into the fly, which he didn't do. Yep. And actually, I thought they played him really bad at first, but then I did like a little bit more research. I kind of liked him. Yeah, I ended up playing with him. But they have like everything like, boom, we can go into three and everybody's still here. For sure. Just like the cartoon. They went from you know episode to episode, season to season, except towards the end where they actually got rid of Krang and Shredder. Right, right. But I loved it. And I, I, that's another one I want to see a sequel to. Yeah, I don't, but I don't know if they're going to do it. Like, I've been reading there's no plans right now for a third one. So we'll see what happens. Sad. Of all of them, because of, of the movies, because basically the past year, we've seen a new Ghostbusters movie. Mm-hmm. We've had, well, we've had two longer going back with uh, Turtles mm-hmm. and Power Rangers this yep. year. Which one did you like the most? I, I might have to say Power Rangers. I don't know. Like, uh, which... I don't know. Ninja Turtles is probably my all-time favorite. Probably more than Ghostbusters. I love Ninja Turtles. Um, but I think the Power Rangers movie, like, um, I don't know. I mean, it almost made me cry. So, I mean, like, uh, which I'm just an emotional sack of poop. So, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I thought the Power Rangers movie was good. Uh, I, I didn't like, uh, I think it had a hard time, like, figuring out what it wanted its identity to be. Because um, sometimes mm-hmm. it's real gritty and then other times it's kind of cartoony. But, uh I don't know. Like uh, either either Power Rangers or the second Ninja Turtles one, I think were the best ones. I think I go second Ninja Turtles. Power Rangers is good. Yeah, I, but I think the thing is that cartoon and how it not cartoon, but the, the original show. Yeah, how it was made. It's just this amalgamation of different genres. Sure. And they they made it into a half hour show, and then they're going, okay, we're going to take this half hour show. Yeah. And turn it into a full length movie. Mm-hmm. Keep all the same characteristics. Yep. And try to make it into something. And I, there's part of me I'm just like. Uh, it seemed like a little bit too much teen drama, but I mean, I mean, again, again, yeah, that's really what Power Rangers were at heart, for sure, for sure. And then the, the Megazord, I don't know, it's kind of so so on that. Yeah, and I wasn't, I wasn't crazy about Goldar, the final fight. Oh yeah, could've, just could've Goldar been, in general. Yeah, but uh, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, chicks were hot. <laughs> so favorite moment of that movie though, because there, there's a couple Power Rangers. But, yeah, I don't know. The Billy scene got me. Um, um, also. I think the beginning really set the tone where they, they made a joke about balls or something. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, this is where the movie's going. Yeah. So uh, uh, for me, like it's a toss up between the ending with the teasing of Tommy. Oh, yeah. That was great. And then obviously the, there was the one scene where they, they actually for like, what, 10 seconds or 15 seconds, they played the original theme. Yeah. And I think I had fun at the beginning because obviously they scrambled up which Power Ranger was like to their name and their ethnicity. Uh-huh. And literally every time I'd see one, I go. Oh, that's that's gonna be Billy, uh-huh. and like he introduces us as Billy. Right, and I'm like that's Jason. Yep, and like my girlfriend kept looking at me. I was like, I don't know. I'm just <laughs> just guessing, figuring out educational guessing. So he's like, as soon as you see uh, Kimberly, I'm just like, that's Kimberly for sure. But uh, we'll wrap things up here. We'll try to get you on again at another time. Hopefully I would love longer. To. I mean, there's there's so much. I mean, I've wanted to interview. I wanted to do one on one interviews for a very long time. I think yeah. I, wanted, I wanted to get one with Johnny and never. Never could. Yeah. And now he's under the WWE umbrella. And now mm-hmm. he's like, you have to go that route. And I'm like, yeah. God damn it, man. Yeah, it sucks. But it was definitely an honor. Thank you for being my, my first interview, man. Hey, I'm, I'm honored and uh, we'll have to do it again soon. Longer form. Definitely. Uh, for the people who don't know, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, well, I'm on Facebook. Uh, Facebook.com slash The Handicapped Hero. On Twitter, at Gregory Iron. On Instagram, at Gregory underscore Iron. No S needs to be added to any of those at the end. <laughs> Uh, and if you can't remember that, just uh, search Gregory Iron. My website should come up, www.gregory-iron.com. I'm surprised wrestlers, some wrestlers still have websites. Uh, it's just an easy way to direct everyone to That's everything true. else. I mean, I, it doesn't get updated as much as I'd like, but um, yeah. you know, social media 
every day I'm doing something. So, all right. Thanks, Greg. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name and we know there's no S at the end.
Very rude of me, I should have brought out a juice box for you. But I mean, by the looks of it, you've got enough juice in you to last a lifetime. <laughs>